hello and welcome to uh, uh, hello and welcome to a free bean salad. This is the podcast where we talk about movies. That's that's it. I'm Jack Butch Holman. With me is Mr. Jack Rudden. Hello. And Mr. Rob. I just want to say you said movies, but in specifically three movies. Uh, we don't we don't watch any more than three movies. That's the only ones we watch. So what did you guys think of Top Funny Comedian? <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, like not the worst viewing of it this time round. Not the not the bottom of the barrel depravity that I'm, you know, accustomed to at this stage. From you uh, from holiday last week, yeah. <laughs> no. Hey, I still love holiday, okay? Oh, last really? week was, it was Yes, I still love Holiday, but last week was just an off week on my behalf. It's not the film's fault. Okay. The film is flawless. I said this. <laughs> Top Funny Comedian, it's like the kind of opposite. It's like, I know this is a piece of shit movie, but depending on my mood, my experience with it will, you know, change. Uh, look, I, wa- I watched it while I was uh, doing quite a lot of dishes. I propped it up on my windowsill while uh, Zoe sat next door doing an online lecture, which sounded really interesting. So I I watched the film with no volume while doing chores. Once I finished my chores, I just sat on the kitchen floor and finished it there. Mm. But uh, I actually did notice some new things this time around that I I hadn't clocked before, which is strange because the last (laughs) few weeks I've just been staring at this screen blankly. And just letting it kind of wash over me in a in a in a cold stony manner. Uh, <laughs> what about you guys? Uh, I I took a lot of notes. I watched this film in a in a very interesting way. I started with the idea to watch it in one way, and ended up watching it in kind of two ways. I started off. It was four a.m. and thinking back to Rob's uh, comment <laughs> that the film is the four a.m. nightmare. Uh, <laughs> I watched it with all other devices turned off, with uh, my lights off and with the volume completely down, so like total sensory deprivation and oh just the images, and I got 35 minutes in and I was just so defeated that I I sped it up to 16 times speed and let it play out like that, but then <laughs> the next day I felt kind of like that was cheating a little bit, so I came back and watched the remaining like hour or so, and uh, so yeah, I watched the film over the course of two days, which uh, I don't oh think God. has been done before, so there's that. I took a lot of notes. Uh, Rob, how'd you find it? Uh, I enjoyed it this week. Um, I'm not memeing either. Like I know in the previous weeks, I've 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 uh, had a bit of a laugh, you know. Uh, sometimes giving it higher rating than I think it might deserve, you know. Um, <laughs> but this week, I don't know. I just didn't hate it. Like I gave it a three, and I think that's just my feelings on it right now. But like, I don't hate it. I really can't find a thing, single thing I like in it, bar the fat one. But. <laughs> I have notes about the fat one. Uh, Did you guys enjoy the sunroof scene this time round? No. (laughs) I enjoyed the sunroof scene this time round. I I, I mean, I kind of always enjoy the sunroof scene. It kind of... What occurred to me this time round was just how absurd it is for a single brick to be in the middle of a public road. 
Is I that what saying, they, I genuinely like this film is so washed over in my memory. Like it's it <laughs> like I constantly watch it and it it's it's it fucks with my head because it's like I I watch it and I'm just like you know by the time that the director gets kidnapped I'm just like all right what's left there's there's like there's the strip club scene and then there's the 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 waterboarding trans women scene and then there's the <laughs> the end scene. scene and but yeah then my head goes oh but you're forgetting about the uh you're forgetting about the kitchen fight and you're forgetting about the chase scene and oh yeah there's still an hour left <laughs> because yeah, when, I, when you actually think over yeah. the movie it really doesn't seem like there's an hour and a half's worth of material there it really no, does feel like a 20 minute episode of something like it really yeah. doesn't feel like they've That's such a good way enough. of potting it yeah it I feels just... like an episode it feels like what this show feels like, or this show, what this movie feels like to me is like just an episode of a sitcom where it's all like none of the episodes have nothing to do with each other. So like we start and leave them in like the exact same position. And this is yeah. like this is like the Drake and Josh go Hollywood. Uh, like, is it possible that episode. this film is meant to be a sketch comedy film and none of the scenes actually interlink? Well, definitely, I don't think so. I think there is like a. Uh, well, okay, I use the term cohesive very loosely. We don't but there know. Is, there, there is, I mean, there is a plot, like, you know, the, 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 I mean, you know, the director disappears at the start and then is revealed once more. At the, uh, that doesn't really prove it, I guess. No, I mean, like, there is definitely a link going throughout. It's kind of like how... Uh, like it's kind of like you know like Borat and Bruno and stuff and Bad Grandpa where there is kind of a, a, a plot of like an A to B sort of point but the rest of it mm. is like kind of making gags out of the situation and obviously Bruno and Borat have an actual kind of plot going along where the yeah. interactions kind of form the plot they have something like Bad Grandpa which is just kind of like uh, random pranks with the same characters so i mean it would be a bit more of a bad grandpa sort of thing where there is kind of a plot and each scene kind of might have a one nugget of information that might actually go towards the rest of the plot but the rest of the film just like you know in every scene that's why it feels like a tv show because every scene that goes on for like 20 minutes you probably could strip down to one minute and it'll have the exact same impact (laughs) you know um Saying that as somebody who uh, thoroughly enjoyed it this week. <laughs> um, I, I guess I should go through my notes. Uh, some uh, The first half of them were, uh, like I say, at like 4 or 5 a.m. Uh, and so they're only sort of coherent. Uh, so I'm just going to go through it. First note, we come in at the end. Uh, I, I don't know why. Uh, Are you saying that the, that the end of the film is like... It's kind of like synecdoche where the end is built into the beginning. What? Hello, welcome to the next episode of our weekly synecdoche New York discussion. Uh, <laughs> I mean, my next note is just they're magicians <laughs> with an exclamation point. <laughs> I know. I I want to I want to dig more into this. Uh, we start at the beginning thing. So like, it could. Do you think you know the way at the end of the movie? Do you say Everything's we like start at the beginning thing? Well, what did you say? I said we come in at the end. <laughs> what does that okay, mean? Well, well the, it's that's the same thing. The end is the beginning. We come in at the end. We start at the end. We uh, the end at the beginning. We start at the beginning is what you said. <laughs> we end. 
the end starts. Look, you, look, you know what so I mean? So my next Wait. note. <laughs> my next note <laughs> is split down the middle, two worlds. <laughs> no, it's, fuck off, Butch. I don't like these notes. Let me dig into one of them. The, the only one of substance so far. Are you saying that the film is told non-chronologically? Are you no, telling me what the I, opening I of the film what I'm referring is actually to the ending is of the, the fact film? that uh, you get like flashes of the characters like at the like the post uh, not post pre-credits pre-credits you get like flashes of the characters and it's like kind of introducing the actors and stuff and I think at one point there's a bit of footage <laughs> from the end of the film yeah, but how do we know that, that actually isn't taking place before what we're seeing at the moment? This the whole film could be told through oh flashback. They could be like this. The, I think the opening film could be set like a year ahead, and they're all like reminiscing on their trip to uh, wherever the Macau. fuck they go. <laughs> no, um, uh, yeah, I think it could be told non chronologically. Next note: phallic symbols everywhere. <laughs> Hold on, hold on. I had I had more things to say. I no, I'm you trying, fucking I'm, don't. Don't I'm lie try, to me. I'm trying to remember them. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucked. This is already a train. This wreck. is a nightmare. <laughs> My next note: You don't use real animals in magic. You use what are called kickers. Uh, I'm referring to the scene where it's during like the shopping montage. And yeah. you see the guy in the magic shop, and he's got like a dove, and it's clearly a real dove. You don't. Yeah. You don't do that. You use That's like. That's cruel. Hey, <laughs> wake and frighted. No, I mean in magic shows, <laughs> you use fake animals that like look realistic, but like from a for an audience that's like fifty feet away, you don't. Just going use back a... to that first note, Butch. Um, <laughs> I I kind of wish I wish more movies would start. How, how great would it be if like more movies started with, like an opening montage of all the actors that were going to be in the film, and they just uh, like show up in little bubbles and like turn towards the camera, and it's like oh like you know uh, Morgan Freeman as Red. And like, uh, you know, <laughs> I think that'd be great because it's hard watching movies sometimes. You know, you don't know the names of the characters or what they look like. You know. My uh, my next note is uh, camera steel soul is Japanese. Read that again. Camera Wait. steel soul is Japanese. Camera steel's soul is Japanese. Because it, I'm pretty sure it's a where's Japanese where, what's thing. the Where's the like punctuation there? Is it like camera steals, comma? No, it's camera steals. Soul is Japanese. All one sentence exclamation mark. Camera steals. What does that mean? Camera, it's on, like camera a thing. Steals. It's like a Japanese folklore thing that like you get your picture taken and like the picture steals your soul or something like that. Uh, uh, I was referring in this case both to the fact that Mr. Bean is taking pictures of everyone and also the fact that uh, there's that scene where Edna Mode is filming the one guy and like their bones start cracking. Uh, I, I completely forgot that we named the characters and you said Edna Mode there. I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I, can I interject with two small notes on Edna Mode? In fact, they are my only notes on this film. Please. Actually, no, they're not. Um, it's um, so Etna Mode has a camera the whole time, obviously, uh-huh. and I'm not sure if we've established why Etna Mode has a camera the whole time. He's their he's their photographer. They're superstars. No, incorrect. Oh, <laughs> he's a spy <laughs> sent by the Chinese government to keep an eye on them. Also incorrect. <laughs> at the fan. start of the fi- at the <laughs> at the start of the film. 
uh, we see the director in one of the seats in that auditorium, and he's sat next to a woman who doesn't appear in the rest of the film. Yeah. But she is holding a microphone that I never noticed before, because she's so lackluster about kind of pointing it towards the director. And uh, she's working with Etna Mode. I think they're making a documentary about this director. I think... That's actually a pretty interesting theory. Did, wait, actually, yeah, before I interject, did you did you find any more kind of pointing towards this in the film? Um, Not really. I have one other <laughs> known Etna Mode. <laughs> not really. I said it. And I not really. It. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, in the car scene, uh, where they're in the, when they're in the limo heading towards the hotel, one of the shots of Etna Mode holding the camera, uh, there's a fucking lens cap over his camera, <laughs> which I thought was funny. <laughs> I, I like the idea of, like, what if the cameraman is, like, actually, like, the link between, like, our world and, like, the movie world? So there's a movie I really want to mention right now that does this, but I know neither of you have seen it, so I'm not going to mention the movie because it's a big twist in the movie. But okay. Right. Imagine the cameraman is actually a cameraman that's working on the film we're watching. You so, know? like, in Mr. Bean's Holiday with the two editors exactly exactly yeah. where steve bendelak was like oh i'll just film the editors filming our movie because or editing our movie because then we could just put it in the movie because it will make sense you know um so like yeah what if like it's it's just like in b97 when all the art directors at the start are talking about firing bean they're not actually art directors and they're not talking about the character mr bean yeah they're, they're all studio the heads who want to they're, cancel yeah, the film <laughs> No, they're yeah, they're, they're the casting director saying that they want to cast someone else and not Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> and when he says like he's a fine young fellow and like I hired him like fifteen years ago, or whatever, that's actually like uh, fucking Richard Curtis. <laughs> um, but yeah, the cameraman in <laughs> the cameraman in Top Funny is actually the cameraman. They're just keeping I mean, with Bean the tradition. Is definitely of the aware in this he's in a movie. It's certainly by the end because he like laughs directly at the audience yeah 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 which then, i took a note that that is him laughing at the audience not because of the uh the situation that's going on but he's but laughing at it like haha you watch this movie <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, it's just all a big joke on us speaking of being a big joke on us um i i also want to give uh jack rudden props uh for being on that lovely uh lovely podcast there giving us a, a lovely shout oh, out yeah snuffbox podcast um, go, uh, go yeah yeah that came out this week and uh, he spoke beautifully well on it uh, oh, thank got you our guys mess- delivered even our if he got a lot of information wrong that's not true he said everything he said was fact <laughs> listen as the resident watkins scholar i can tell you hey. that it is not what did I get wrong? No, well, this is this is an off mic uh, beef. <laughs> it's not for the audience. We should start beef with Snuffbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck Snuffbox. I mean, I wouldn't. Mind. It's Snuffbox. If you're listening, I, I I'd be happy to guest. S- fuck off. Just <laughs> <laughs> getting all the glory. This is my idea. I say we can all guest. We should all come on an episode together. On separate episodes and then all call, give like all say shit about each other on our episodes. <laughs> so uh my next note is one word. It is the word castration. For some reason that makes sense. Uh, more than a lot of your other notes. I don't. I, I I think I'm referring to like the bit where like the 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 girl pulls the chopstick out of her hair and snaps it in half. 
Oh, I no, think that's, that's what I'm referring to, but I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, you're ne- probably referring to when he's trapped in the um, in the cutting machine thing. No, because this note was taken before that, because my next note is, where did Bean go between Lyft and M&M's? <laughs> <laughs> like, what happens is the Lyft is going, like, either up or down, but then the director gets out, and then the Lyft closes and goes either up or down with Bean in it. And then, like, five seconds later, Bean is immediately on the same floor that the director got off at. Oh, uh, yeah. So, either he can uh, teleport, he's insanely fast, which, to be fair, we did establish in Holiday that he, he beat Usain Bolt's record. He's very record. fast. <laughs> what if or, the, what if there's the multiple building beans. Is, what if the whole building is just one floor, and the elevator actually isn't an elevator, it's just like, But you see room. stairs. Well, yeah. They go like, nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you walk up the stairs, you actually just appear it's, at the top of the stairs going down. <laughs> it's like in, um, I don't know if you guys have ever been in, uh, like, uh, dementia hospitals. I, I actually did a small stint of working in the garden of a dementia hospital in uh, Dublin. When I was in probably fifth or sixth year, I think. And they have, like, they do have, like, sort of stuff similar to that. Like, they'll have uh, bus stops. With no numbers on them and stuff, uh, and like little benches next to bus stops for the patients. So maybe this whole hotel is a a dementia hospice. <laughs> I mean, we haven't <laughs> the, yet the, gone the, into the, the Caligari esque idea that maybe all of these people are in a mental institution. <laughs> this whole <laughs> yeah, movie every, is all every, just everyone... is all just something the nurses and doctors are doing to keep them entertained. <laughs> 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 I kind of like that idea. They're all just slowly losing their minds, or have already lost their minds. Which it's it, in that case, it's kind of genius because it perfectly portrays to the audience what it feels like to lose your mind slowly. <laughs> <laughs> which goes right into my next note, which is I'm scared to check the time because <laughs> I, at this point I was about 20 minutes in and I really didn't want to look at the little time bar because I knew that would make me want to die. And my very <laughs> next note, I give up, followed the next day by the note, I give down. So <laughs> uh, my next proper note is, uh, this is the most graphically violent bean film, proper bleeding head wounds. <laughs> Oh yeah, but no suicide scene. <laughs> no yeah, suicide and, scene, but more no more depictions like of violence. literal Nazism. Yeah, but there is like actual like transphobia. So yeah, oh, but no minuscule explosion. <laughs> uh, my next note, which I've underlined because it is the one time I laughed, because it's like the only thing in the film that consistently makes me laugh is Evander oh, Holyfield's one. first line, which is. Go away. <laughs> just like the, I don't know what it is. It's just something about the situation makes "go away" the weirdest thing to say. Evander Holyfield is. A, I feel like we don't give enough credit. He fucking carries this movie. Like, whenever Him, he's Mr. on Bean. screen, like whenever Evander Holyfield is on screen during this film, I've always got a massive smile on my face for some reason. I. Don't I don't know anything about him really, other than he had his ear bitten off. Have we tried to uh, have we tried to contact his like PR managers to get a it's the same one? It's I the actually... same one. They're both PB and J. Millie, let Evander Holyfield free. 
He's been locked up in the PB&J offices and stopped funny comedian. My next note, my next note is a note on the fat one, so I know you two will be interested. Oh, Yay! Uh, I wrote, why does the fat one have a cast on his foot? Foot rubs? What has the director oh. been up to? Because <laughs> as we established uh, earlier in the film, the director is famous for his foot rubs, apparently. Oh, and, oh yeah, yeah. And the yeah. fat one's got a cast on his foot, so I just put two and two together. Clearly, the director. <laughs> the reason why he's late is because he had to go to the hospital because the director gave him a too vigorous foot rub. No, clearly he doesn't want a foot rub, and he's faking a foot injury oh. so that the director won't get at his his toes. But his other foot is fine. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. the director has an affiliation for only one foot. We see that in the flashback. <laughs> he's only he only does the he only does one foot of each one. In the flashback slash fantasy sequence, we see the director rubbing the the woman's right foot, but it's uh Ooh. well it, right it hit the well his right hand foot, her left hand foot. It's a fantasy sequence. It was obviously mirrored. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the nether realm, obviously. <laughs> My next note is dogpile foreshadowed, which the dogpile on Bean at the end is uh, uh, foreshadowed when the fat one, they're trying to kidnap him, like uh, a bunch of the people sort of dogpile on top of him so they can't carry him away. And I have have one one final note, which is three letters. (laughs) The three letters are (laughs) KKK. <laughs> Why? Because there's that one character's shirt, which I mentioned before, it says like wake, take, make, or whatever it is, but the K's all perfectly line up. Oh my god. So it is just KKK, which I feel fits perfectly with what we've established in the previous <laughs> movies to be Bean's racist thoughts. Jesus Christ. Those were um, all my notes. I. My final note is also on the dog pile, but um, you guys might remember a few weeks ago, uh, well actually no, at this stage it would have been maybe two, three months ago, There in the news there was a thing about a, a Mr. Bean impersonator being stuck in Wuhan, China due to COVID-19 yeah. and being diagnosed with COVID-19. And uh, in the, I think, I can't remember what website put out the article about it. But in the article, they mentioned that he acted as a lookalike for Rowan Atkinson in Top Funny Comedian, the movie. And so this this watch, I was looking out to see. I was like, where is he? Why would they need a look like any point? And I sent you guys a string of messages of oh. the dog pile scene. And you'll see that uh, Mr. Bean's hair color and head shape changes between the close-up shots and the shots of him being squashed <laughs> by a pile of... Which explains <laughs> why they cast. needed the green screen. What? <laughs> like, that poor guy. I, 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 he, he literally came on set to just be dogpiled and pretend to because he refused to be squashed. In fairness, his, he has like such a full, luscious head of hair. <laughs> when he's like yeah. on the ground, and then you actually see him, and he's like out of the really thin, like gray yeah. hair. <laughs> yeah, that's the only scene he's in as well. Like I, ca- I was watching so carefully for like lookalikes, and there's literally no other scene in which they would need. 
a Rowan Atkinson lookalike. To be fair, there isn't much fucking footage of Bean in this film where they could use a lookalike. Do you think? Do you think Bean actually was in the whole movie? And this movie was originally like two hours long, and they just cut all his like most of his scenes. Do you think he originally had way more to do? No. No, definitely not. I'm not even going to humor that idea. <laughs> I'm not even going to riff on that. <laughs> um, okay, well, I mean, I'll, I I kind of, you know, th- this week I think I, I came at it from an approach of, it can't be that bad. Um, and I don't think it was. While every scene dragged, like, so fucking much. <laughs> I wasn't angry at it at all. I don't know if I'm just at like a complete docile point uh, in the year now where I just kind of have like other things to be worrying about. So I'm just kind of like, ah, you know, a bit of top funny. Um, and while it's not a top funny, it uh, it definitely distracts me for a while uh, every three weeks, <laughs> you know? So I think I, I, I'm going with it on the merit of it was a kind of nice distraction, I guess. um god uh, yeah um so you know how last round of watching top funny comedian we talked about the lesser the lesser talked about last 79 minutes of top funny comedian that we we never really touch on that much before yeah 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 yeah, and that led him very insightful um i thought i I was listening back to some episodes and i realized we'd never actually talked about the 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 first 90 minutes of the movie We'd only ever seem to talk about the middle 90 minutes, but we never, uh, uh, last week, obviously, we touched on the last 79. We've never really seemed to talk about the first 90, um, which I don't know. It's strange, you know, that we've just always kind of, we just obviously never, just obviously never had a note for it uh, or just never. But I don't know. I watched it a bit more intently this time, the first 90 minutes of Top Funny Comedian, the movie. And I don't know, it, 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 it struck me as being very strange and very kind of alien to the rest of the movie. Uh, mainly because, yeah, well, I mean, it's not too unlike the rest of the movie that Bean... Does the first 90 minutes have it. its own separate title? It does. It came up as Gangosaurus Rex, um, which is strange because obviously the movie is called Top Funny Comedian, the movie. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit strange. Um, but yeah, did you did you guys did you guys pay a bit more attention to the first ninety minutes of Top Funny Comedian the movie? I did actually. Yeah, and I did. I was I was I I I've actually like I'd seen the first ninety minutes uh, beforehand. Uh, oh, we all we all had we'd all seen it beforehand. We just no, I mean like before. before I even saw the rest of Top Funny Comedian. Oh really? Uh, so when, I okay. I I first saw. I'll just start calling it Gangosaurus Rex or G Rex or just Rex yeah. or whatever you want. Yeah, well, to call I mean that's. The I saw it years it, before. Yeah. I saw. It, I'll tell you what. I saw it when I was so young. I didn't know what ganja was. Uh, no way. <laughs> Did you even know what bean was? Uh, I probably knew what Bean was, but uh, that's probably I how you found it. Then you probably found it <laughs> the Bean fan forum. But uh, yeah, uh, this this watch I was I was I had uh, I, I I you know I I you know I'd taken vague note of it before, but uh, I kind of don't want to play along with this because I've got some serious stuff to talk about in regards to this film. Play along with what? Uh, the, the so so, so Jack so Jack watched Gangosaurus Rex and got back to me with what I could uh, call some colorful uh, thoughts. Yeah, uh, I and I've, he yeah. Wrote, he's watched it twice now and wrote two I reviews have. and uh, 
The second review was was very bold. I'm not sure if she's going to read it, but I can tell you for a fact she's going to be listening to this episode. Because... Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> because I managed to track her down and get her to agree to an interview. Uh... Oh, no! What? Ursi, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, uh... Ursi Reynolds, I'm sorry. <laughs> So, I, can I can I please just preface this with saying like it is a fun movie. It really is a fun movie. I wa- it was fun enough for me to watch it twice, but I just fucking hate stoners. So uh, I uh, I emailed her uh, a while back, uh, about three weeks ago, and said, you know, I have some questions here. If you'd be uh, willing to answer them, she was, and uh, she's given me the go-ahead to read her answers uh, on this 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 podcast. Oh, God. oh I she... thought you <laughs> funny would be if we got her on the podcast, <laughs> 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 like she was just here the whole time. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> I am gonna send each episode once it's edited, <laughs> but uh, she seems like a lovely lady. Uh, and she was very kind and informative with her answers, and so we have a world first this episode. Uh, as far as I'm aware, the first ever interview with the director of Gangosaurus Rex on the this subject of Gangosaurus Rex. Oh yeah, baby. Oh, fuck world yeah. premiere. So, uh, do you guys want to get your thoughts of the movie out of the way, or should I just jump straight into the interview? Uh, um, uh, maybe do thoughts well, first, I guess. Go, go in kind of raw. He probably should have revealed this after, because I know Jack's going to start pussyfooting now about what he thinks about the movie. <laughs> Look, well, that's I why I wanted to reveal it first, because I don't want her I don't want her to immediately just seesaw contact with me after this episode. <laughs> Look, like I said, it is a fun movie, and I do appreciate that Like a movie takes time and effort, and that effort was put into making this. <laughs> but I couldn't help but just be really annoyed with it. I'm sure Ursi, if you're listening, I'm sure you are lovely. <laughs> and I appreciate this film. I just I just di- I I don't know. I just don't know how to feel about it at all. <laughs> it just made me angry and I'm sorry. <laughs> it wasn't for me. Um I I have something I like to I Ursi, I I I liked the movie. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest though I have some constructive criticism for your next feature um, while this film has incredible special effects and uh, some some great music and a lot of great performances uh, it's a bit too long um, I do think the you know some bits go on a bit long you know not not everything kind of needed to be there but I think if this is cut down to about you know 20 minutes or so and, and aired kind of late somewhere i think it'd be a blast so uh yeah congratulations on your on your debut film I'm, i can't wait for the for the next one um it's big, you've left a big gap in between but I, i'm sure your next film will be great well uh that was very nice rob fair, yeah. fair play that was actually very good criticisms <laughs> I, so, I like kandosaurus rex i love it as an idea i just i do think it's just a, a hair too long i will now read my interview uh verbatim if that's all right uh, so I asked how the film was conceived, and her response, 
The project originated from an idea to make a home movie style parody of real life events meant for a local audience. I was approached with the story because I had video equipment and liked the idea of people telling their stories in their own way. The role I took was more of a project organiser than a director. The entire project unfolded as local folks volunteered for cast, crew and locations. It was an amazing community process really, a reaction of diverse people under social stress who liked the idea of documenting a fantasy story to reflect their own unusual situation. That's Gangosaurus you know, that, Rex. <laughs> uh, already, that has made me kind of, I guess, has refreshed my perspective of the film because yes. I definitely watched it as just like a film, film, and was like, this. <laughs> well, I, I, like... I will, I will talk somewhat about our communication because uh, it was, it was kind of interesting. She, she mentioned at one point. This isn't in the uh, interview as I've got it written down, but she mentioned at one point there were plans for a sequel from a, a local group that ended up getting shot down uh, by the, the someone on the crew. Uh, but and uh, I thought you meant that the the people wanting the sequel got shot down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to say not, as far as I'm aware. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, 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 yeah, so there was that, and she she did express in like her second message to me. She was like, "How is this film gonna?" She said, "You know, it's the context is very." much for the place and time and she said she didn't even expect it to get like the distribution that it did and she said you know it was very much for an american audience in this very specific community and i'm not sure how it's going to play to some uh, young irish adults in in 2020 (laughs) which is absolutely fair fair. that Um, yeah i mean that to be honest the whole movie the, the movie just felt like a little labor of love between like a nice community to me like i mean even does that really fucking long sequence when they're all just in dancing uh at the end in the like the dance hall and they're all just fucking going at it and like there's not much point to it like they literally are just dancing for like 10 straight minutes and like there's little kids yeah. all around and stuff. Like it literally does feel like the equivalent of like a fucking like GAA function, you know? <laughs> like Oh man, I feel so bad for being so mean about this film because I thought it was just like I got the completely wrong idea. Yeah, Jack, I thought... when I saw you you talking about the movie and, say, <laughs> and like I'm not gonna say what you said, um, but what what I saw you talk about, I was like, Jesus, this must be like hot. Like this must be a fucking mess. Like yeah, watching it, I, it's actually I, it's like cute in a way. It just doesn't yeah, land. I just think like, if anything, it's just a, a um a, a a series of entertaining ideas that just di- weren't didn't land at all. But like yeah, are entertaining as ideas. Like I said, um, I th- I got the completely wrong end of the stick with this film. Like I went in watching it thinking like. I like the impression I got was like okay clearly like a bunch of fucking like stoners have just got together and thought this would be gas people will really like this but knowing that it's just like a, <laughs> a, a community a community labor of love and not just a bunch of kind of like wishy-washy hippie types being like well man check out this strain bro for an hour and a half <laughs> you know it's a lot more wholesome knowing it was like very much a labor of love i'm so sorry i'm so very <laughs> sorry on. Uh, i should also point out this is so mean that you let this happen. <laughs> anyway i should also point out uh because i just found this cute 
But uh, at one point uh, in the emails, I just said, by the way, when you listen to the podcast, I'm going to be referred to as Butch as a nickname, just so that you don't confuse me with my other co-host, who's also named Jack. Uh, and she started the next email just by saying, hello, Butch. <laughs> which I just thought was really sweet. Anyway, that is very sweet. Moving on, my next question, was there a strict script or was there a lot of improvisation from the cast? And uh, her response... The project was organized around the needs of the people involved. I have recently moved out of the state, but commuted to Garberville on weekends. There was no script, only a story outline. Taping was organized into sequential vignettes with two or more characters. We got an outline each week of the next scenes and met independently to generate our own dialogue. Uh, Each group of actors did not necessarily know what the other groups were doing because they lived distant from one another and only saw the scenes develop on weekends when we met to tape. The music was donated by local musicians. There was a nominally paid crew of four with all other roles volunteer. The project was intended to be a two-camera shoot, but the crew did not choose to use the second camera and preferred to leave their camera on a tripod, so these decisions uh, dictated the visual aspects of the video. I shot some B-roll to help move the story forward. When we began, we thought we had editing capability with one of the crew, but he changed his mind, so the biggest obstacle actually became getting our footage edited. (laughs) He changed his mind. Jesus hey, Christ. hey, would you? Hey, man, uh, I know you have uh, some sick editing software. We're just wondering, would you mind helping us out with our community video project? Oh, yeah, man, no, that's no problem. Yeah, sure. They come back like a week later and they're like, oh, yeah, it's called Gangosaurus Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. My next question, how big would you say the budget was? And she said, alrighty, regarding budget, I don't know a lot about it because other than $300 for gas, I paid my own expenses for the many months of the process. No way! Ercy, oh, no. that is scandalous! Although the story originate, uh, originator financed a lot of it, he bought in... He brought in one of the actors as a partner, and they solicited volunteer funds from people they knew in the community. I never handled any money, nor did I receive proceeds once it was marketed. They paid what? the they paid the travel and food expenses. Apparently, they spent a lot of money doing post production and promotion. I did take a trip to New York to a convention focused on alternative media. We stayed with friends, and there was no interest in G Rex at this event. Oh. I know that the student animator was paid, I think, a thousand dollars, and the four-person crew was paid something. Seems like it was maybe 400 each over the course of the entire production. After the preliminary rough edit, I moved on to other things. Regarding editing budget, originally one of the local technical crew agreed to use his editing bay, uh, and we were counting on it. This quickly evaporated, so we were pressed to invent an access to edit. The animator was a student and BLDG manager at California Institute of the Arts. We went down to Pasadena, and uh, he slipped us in after 11pm when they were closed so we could work until 7am when they opened. Jesus Christ! It was painstaking because the local edit guy had put the time code on the tapes, but they did not match the log, so I had to search scenes. Oh no! I was able to patch the scenes together sequentially and add music. Remember, this was an analog process in 1985. At this point, I was done, and the rough edit became pretty much the final project. CG was later added in SF. Sadly, there were errors in the credits. Uh, so, how much was spent on the entire production process, including editing? I would guess around 4,000 when it left my hands. Oh my god. 
I asked uh, what the technical specs were uh, when it was shot, and uh, she said G-Rex was shot on three-quarter inch video. Field scenes of helicopter were shot on half inch by local people and given to us to incorporate. Uh, So that's the scenes uh, in the film, you know, the the scenes Mm. that show very clearly actual home video footage of, like, police raids. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Uh, and then there's a uh, one uh, like long email here that isn't necessarily directly uh, related to any of my questions, but uh, has some some good background information. So uh, this was I, I I did send her an email saying uh, I've heard some of my colleagues' earlier thoughts, and uh, uh, I I get the feeling they might not be the most positive, uh, but uh, you know I said to her maybe when they know the context they'll. Uh, They'll, they'll think a bit differently. And she said, uh, Of course it's easy to make fun of the video for the production values, the silly story, the amateur actors. Sure, if you think of it as a movie, it's probably the world's worst. But I like to think of it as the best worst movie ever made because of the many volunteers who participated and because of the hilarity that ensued. Imagine a group of friends making a home video with no budget, no concrete plan, everyone making up their part as they go along. That was us. The part of the experience that surprised me is that it was of interest to anyone else and that it was actually distributed to the public across the country. If I ever regretted using my real name instead of a pseudonym, it was after my daughter went to a video store to rent a movie and found G-Rex on the shelf. What a shock. (laughs) No way! Some might be surprised to learn that I am not a stoner and never have been. I'm also not a part activist since I was just transitioning to a new state when my friend asked me to do it. I thought it would be fun to have one last adventure with my southern Humboldt friends. Uh, And it was that. When we needed props, people went through their cars to round up items. The restaurant let us tape after hours. An insurance office volunteered their space so we could show desks. We used a local school building, a movie theatre, a street in front of the neighbourhood pub, wherever we could gather at the time. Uh... So there was a little scene at a Versatel machine, and I had never used one and pushed too many buttons and put it out of order. I hope we didn't break anything else. <laughs> we wanted everyone who contributed on the crew or in any way to be included in a vignette. We borrowed someone's little Volvo and it broke down on the road, so we did a scene pushing it. Someone rounded up a blow-up dinosaur, someone brought costumes, a friend who had Hollywood experience with makeup offered to do our actors, and the music, it was wonderful. It was contributed by local musicians and somehow fit into one scene or another. Community creativity is what propelled this project forward, and even though the silliest, corniest, most amateur characters told the story, the subtext was very real as federal and state eradication troops flew in and out on helicopters with the task of protecting society from an evil weed and the people who grew it. Locals were intimidated and hurt. Their animals were frightened. There were stories of people hiding when the troops arrived, hiding in a water tank, hiding under a seat in the school bus, running into the woods, climbing a tree. Children were traumatized. They hid behind adults in fear when helicopters flew over. This was a community being terrorized whether or not they grew marijuana. And they turned into they turned to a group creative effort to help make sense of the experience and to laugh together. Somewhere in this thread, or somewhere else is the story of the footage getting edited. I don't see it, but we'll search around because it adds to the understanding of the limitations and the quality of the video. Yeah, that's the email I read out earlier. Remember, this was 1985. We intended a two-camera shoot, but the owner of the first camera refused to use the second and left his camera on a tripod. I pleaded for the one pan he was willing to do. This was a harmful visual limitation. Okay, that's it for now. I wish you luck interpreting this unique American subcultural <laughs> project through contemporary Irish eyes. I can't imagine. 
<laughs> God damn. I love this movie. I, I honestly like just the context has completely changed my perspective of this because like i said i was very much got like you know co- coming at it from a okay this looks like a bunch of kind of like semi well to do like hippie mom and dads kind of got together and made just like, like almost like a work of ego exploitation i suppose but knowing that it was very much a community effort and like that people actually were being terrorized and shit actually really like it's not like really refreshed my thoughts on it and i feel bad for ever being mean about something that sounds so wholesome it actually it's it's very interesting going the whole like uh kangasaurus route because actually godzilla like originally was a euphemism for like fucking american terror over uh over japan well, so was, i mean a, a, a euphemism a metaphor for just like uh, nuclear weapons nuclear it's pronounced nuclear uh, yeah generally not necessarily mm. like a lot of people interpret the original godzilla as an anti-american film it's it's not it's an anti-war film basically it's an anti-terror film but yeah and then they use the same premise to kind of well not same premise obviously but uh, a similar, similar, a similar idea to i mean to... they make like very loose reference to the 1954 godzilla in uh in yeah well, I mean, even, even so... with your man showing up uh, at the end just going oh i'm just making sure there's no copyright infringement for godzilla, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that yeah, so in a way it's kind that. of a pseudo sequel is what i'm getting at it's it's because <laughs> they do there is the scene where the professor is talking about gangosaurus and he says uh one of them showed up on in japan pan in 1950s and 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 stuff like that oh that's not even the reference i was thinking of i was oh, um the it's not uh well the main character is not frank is it and maybe frank it is, is the, oh there is, frank and the, moss are the only two names i remember yeah there's uh, i i think i know what you're talking about the one guy he's like i used to work he at works drive-in at the drive in yeah, yeah yeah japanese monster movies yeah that's moss. yes that's Moss. That and is Moss. And then she's like, right. oh, I don't want to work there anymore. And she's like, oh, they show porn there now. I was like, oh, maybe I will. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. This has been a roller coaster of, uh, of, I, of I noticed 20 we minutes. haven't talked about the movie itself very much. What did you that's guys actually yeah, think of it? That's why I said we should have gotten thoughts out of the way before we did the interview. Um, I... Actually, you know what? I kind of liked the the movie. I gave it a low rating based on the fact that it was just excruciatingly long. Um, <laughs> but to be honest, what actually was there, uh, what could have been edited down, I thought was actually a pretty enjoyable ride. I laughed a, n- a number of times. Um, it was kind of... I Again, while I was looking at it through the eyes of this is just a bunch of stoners with a video camera that they got from a, like a charity shop, and just fucking filming in their, the like woods in their back garden. I was like, yeah, they they fucking they had a good time. Um, <laughs> so like, there were a lot of scenes and jokes that just don't land. But um, I almost found like just some of the more bizarre elements like fairly funny and some of the bizarre dialogue uh, a lot of my notes are just quotes um like uh, uh, i love money but i hate greed <laughs> the wife is like oh me too he's like yeah i know that's why i married you <laughs> or when when moss and his wife show up to frank and, and cloud 
um and and they like pretend to be cops uh and they're like oh it's just us and they're all like laughing and then frank just emerges from the bags of like (laughs) soil and nobody mentions it like everyone's just like looking around really happy (laughs) i thought that was great um she did also send me a, a photograph of something I've never seen before, which is a, a Gondrosaurus Rex t-shirt. Uh, oh, wow. No which Post it in I, the Discord. Uh, I, I, I certainly shall. I presume it's something that was, like, uh, you know, made for the cast and crew. Uh, mm. But, like I say, I've never seen it anywhere before. Oh, God, I feel like such a, a dick for being such a dick about this movie. So do I, but at the it, same time, you have to realize, like, if if you sat down with the creator of any movie, you'd probably like any movie you didn't like. You'd probably be like, you know, yeah. if you sat down with the two guys who made fucking disaster movie. You'd probably be like, you know what? This is a labor of love, and everyone's having a good time on set. <laughs> so, like, you know, um, I feel I I I. This isn't a sentence I thought I'd be saying today, but Gangosaurus Rex. It's not fair to compare it to disaster movie. Firstly, Disaster <laughs> Movie had a budget and professional editing no, equipment I'm, I'm joking. and a casting yeah. I'm just, crew. I'm just saying that, like, <laughs> you can tear down anything, but then if you, like, actually kind of, like, uh, you know, in, in talking to the people that make something, you can always kind of feel a bit like, ah, I shouldn't have, uh, I shouldn't have said that. I know, obviously, this is a very different uh, example. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, again, this film is just... Again, I I can't say it's it's very good, but it's definitely enjoyable and it's a, a lovely history behind it as well. Like it has never been released on DVD. It's officially anyway. It's it's only officially available on like thirty year old VHS tapes that go for like a hundred dollars on Amazon. Which like yeah, it's a nice little community movie, but I hate to say it, it's not worth a hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That was one of the interview questions I asked her, was have there been any attempts to distribute it again on, like, DVD or whatever? Uh, and I never got a direct answer to that, but I guess given the her answers, that it was never really meant to be seen by anyone outside of the local community. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me just say, actually, like, while there are so many scenes in this movie that I do find very charming, and uh, I, you know, I really, uh, I appreciate them a lot. You know, I can't get over the fact that the pacing of this movie just isn't good. But again, it's not, it wasn't supposed to be. It was supposed to probably be like something like in Be Kind Rewind at the end when they all make the tribute That's actually a, mm. a really good way of putting it. It is like the end scene of Be Kind Rewind. That is probably exactly, exactly like, how it was meant to be shown. Yeah. And I did specifically email her just last night. Uh, I said... I, I, I'm curious as to how it got any distribution because <laughs> it clearly wasn't meant to be seen by anyone outside of the local community and yet somehow it got shipped around the country on VHS and eventually thanks to the internet it made its way around the world and like three <laughs> Irish teenagers in 2020 are talking about this film <laughs> which strikes me as just a, a, a complete a completely unlikely coincidence. Uh, but <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like it, it, it is, you know, this is where it was meant to end up. On our laps. It meant to end up on our laps with this interview happening. I'm very glad I got the interview out because, you know, I'm I, as as something of a film historian in my spare time, you know, I, I, I think of it kind of like anthropology, but for filmmaking. I, I hate to see, like, the underdogs of film history who nobody much cares about just see their stories disappear and you know in if mm. i if i hadn't taken the time to reach out uh, you know someone like me hadn't taken the time to reach out you know 40 50 years story this film's making would probably disappear you know no nobody would have heard this stuff 
Yeah, but at least now there's a record of it. True. And I mean, like again, yeah. you know, like subjective opinion on on uh, on a movie or like you know. Uh, the technical aspects. Why do they really matter? You know, like the Lumiere brothers kind of made shite too. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> like I'd rather watch this than fucking watch a train stop. Well, you say that the train stopping is only twenty-five seconds long. <laughs> yeah, if this was twenty-five seconds long, it'd be better. <laughs> Holy shit! Um, Did you yeah, really again. just compare the Lumiere brothers to the Lumiere brothers to Gadgetsaurus Rex? I'm sure if I took this back to 1895, <laughs> yeah, they, they would have loved it. That opening scene where we see Rex for the first time would probably blow their fucking minds. <laughs> they fucking would. They'd be like, "Whoa, is he like?" I mean, think of the absolute idiots in the theater when that fucking train stopped and they like ran out thinking, oh, that's an urban train. legend no i know obviously but like imagine <laughs> gangosaurus rex is there and they fucking they're in running out in hordes of panic thinking that there's a fucking gangosaurus rex about to break through the screen you know i mean it um, is for all the movie's faults that opening scene does what an opening scene in a film should it very immediately it starts the movie very <laughs> <laughs> it very immediately makes you want to watch more and see yeah. what's gonna happen now that that was the point i was about to bring up is like something about the pacing of this film like we i was 25 minutes into this movie and we get another quick shot of gangosaurus and i genuinely forgot he was in the movie like i forgot what the movie was called i thought it was literally I thought I was watching this weird. I mean, we were talking earlier drama. about films that happen out of order. I mean, it's established <laughs> later on that Gangosaurus has been like asleep for a really long time, and he's on- he only wakes up like twenty five minutes into the movie. So that scene at the very <laughs> beginning happens. That doesn't happen at the beginning. Yeah, so it's all out of order, which is oh yeah, like Top Funny. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> interesting artistic which this decision. Is, it, this is still Top Funny, by the way, of course. Yeah, this is the first 90 minutes. We've been, we, we, this has been more, one of our more successful episodes. We actually managed yeah, to talk about the, the film we were meant to talk about for like half of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, do you guys have any more to say about Candosaurus? I just... All I have to say is, Ursi, uh, if you are listening up as far as this part of the podcast after me being mean... I just want to, Ursi, I just want to say I'm sorry. I will probably go back and watch uh, Gangosaurus a third time. No, now, don't, don't. With a refreshed, <laughs> please uh, don't. No, with a, ne- no, genuinely with with this like refreshed perspective, I think I might enjoy it like quite a bit more, like considerably more. And uh, I just want to say I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh, should we have the mailbag theme? It's the mailbag. It's the mailbag. I okay. So uh. Our first question, which we received uh, last week, it was specifically for last week's episode, but uh, sadly we got it via email about half an hour after we finished recording. It is from Jason over at uh, the Mr. Bean Holiday fan site. Uh, I believe it's mrbeansholiday.net. Yeehaw. And he asked, if there were to be a sequel to Mr. Bean's Holiday... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> there is Jason it's if called there Gangosaurus Rex <laughs> <laughs> if there were to be a sequel to Mr. Bean's Holiday 
Where would you like to see him travel to? Also, which characters from any of the three movies should return? I would not like to see him travel to China because we've established that doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) I I I actually have an answer for this because I've had time to think about this. I want um, to see. I just want like, to shout out. Hold on, I just want okay. to shout out Jason a lot. Jason is a great friend of the show. He runs a very good, a very uh, informative website and Instagram page. And Jason, we want you on the show. Oh yeah! Oh yeah. yeah! Absolutely. If he wants to come on for a holiday episode, I'm sure he'd have a lot of insightful comments. Of course, he's picked up but on loads of stuff we hadn't picked up on. I'm sure he has. My uh, my answer to this question: I don't necessarily want to see him travel to a country, but I want to see him go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want a movie that takes place in prison and then the big heist style scene is him getting out of prison. And yeah, like, I, out of, like Guantanamo Bay or something. Yes, but I want I want him to get caught for the Whistler's mother thing and then thrown in prison. But uh, I just, as for which characters I want to return, I just I don't want necessarily the characters to return. But I I have a sh- image in my head of a shot that's like panning through a cell block of just like sealed up doors, and there's one door that just has on it the names Langley and McDick, <laughs> <laughs> and you just very faintly hear coming from the cell. Um, I, I think, uh, honestly, I'd like to see Bean just fucking, like, uh, hanging out around Dublin, getting into, getting into trouble, getting into, (laughs) getting into trouble and eventually end up in a scrap with some lad, (laughs) like, asking him for his wallet, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and no, like, maybe, maybe he's, uh, walking along the, the Royal Canal up on the north side and he's, uh, He's, I know, he's doing something silly with the ducks, and a a guy comes up with a a home fashioned uh, shiv, and is like, uh, "Give me your wallet." And Bean's just like, Koo! and then he stabs him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which characters would you like to see return? Um, David is the guy that tries to mug him. <laughs> <laughs> David's there know. with the uh, the pictures he draws on the sidewalk for Nichols. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think that'd be good. How I, did I, David I, end up in Ireland? Um, He's changed. <laughs> he had to fucking flee America. Because <laughs> <laughs> they found out about... For his um, was domestic terrorism reasons. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, when they're doing the news report on his uh, domestic terrorist events, it's full of crisis actors. <laughs> <laughs> Brimming with crisis actors. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus, uh, Rob. Rob. Where would I like to see Mr. Bean go? Um, I feel I feel Mr. Bean in Asia can work. Maybe China just isn't the right country, you know? <laughs> maybe Top Funny Comedian just wasn't the right movie. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's just a bad movie. Who knows? We haven't, um, we haven't ever considered that it might just be a bad movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not once have we ever completely slated it. <laughs> um, I'd like to see Bean in... 
I actually have no idea. I've no I've nothing funny to say. I'd like to see Mr. Bean not so much like in a different country. I don't think it really matters where he is, but I would like a like <laughs> a buddy comedy flick with Bean and the fat one from Top <laughs> of the Comedian where they just hang out and like neither of them naturally can speak each other's language and they're both in somewhere alien. Like they're both in like I don't know um <laughs> like chile or something um <laughs> and they're no they're of... both in australia like the original sequel to bean's holiday i had australia oh, crossed yeah, my mind yeah okay bean down under with the fat one and <laughs> they're both in <laughs> they're both in like a night rider style car um and they both like... go to bundan yabba <laughs> <laughs> yeah they both go to the yabba and they just kind of have to feel their way out. They don't really, like, they can't obviously communicate with each other other than, like, <laughs> hand gestures and, and noises. Um, and they just kind of have to get through some wacky antics. I mean, have we mentioned before, obviously we've mentioned the scene, but have we mentioned in the scene where, at the end, where it's like Bean's last appearance, right before his second line of dialogue, where he, when the, 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 the I think it's the director's son, is talking to him, and just Rowan Atkinson, it's not like he's acting. He genuinely just looks so uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's just, he's got that smile on his face, which is the smile of, please don't kill me, I just got off the train. <laughs> just that smile of, I don't understand what you're saying, please don't hurt me. Aye, aye, aye. Um, yeah. So, uh, our Good next question, question uh, our next question is from Olivia. She asks, theories on Bean's favourite music. I like to imagine him listening to Dolly Parton while taking a bubble bath. <laughs> I like to imagine Bean listening to Randy Newman's I Love LA while driving around Sunset Boulevard. I, mean, I think that's a bit too easy an answer. I mean, we, li- we hear him listening to music in the deleted scenes of, uh, of Bean. And it's an it's adaptation mad of Mad Pianos, yeah. yeah. I think he... Loves he... Good <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> I, I reckon Bean listens to Danger music. You guys familiar with Danger music? I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Danger music, Butch, is basically... The, the sole purpose of Danger music is to elicit fear. <laughs> and it doesn't necessarily have to involve musical instruments. It doesn't even, you know, it doesn't even really have to be, like, recorded music. It could be, um, uh, one famous example is a guy driving a bulldozer through the venue he was meant to be performing in. I can't remember his name. Uh, There's an artist called Lucas Abela, who goes by the name of, um, I actually can't remember what name he goes by, but his name is Lucas Abela, and he takes large panes of uh, broken glass, attaches uh, contact microphones to them, and holds the glass to his face while screaming uh, and cutting mm. his face wide open. And I reckon Bean is mad into that. He'd love that. Uh, he just <laughs> sort of listens to like uh, horrible screams on headphones, full blast. Maybe well, we... covers his eye. Maybe covers his eyes with ping pong balls. And, uh... <laughs> well, see, this kind of all would make sense considering that we find out in Mr. Bean's Holiday that Bean does know every song ever. Yeah, like off by heart. So I mean, he, he does. He, so he, there would get to a point where he would just become so desensitized and so bored. To conventional of tonality of all known music. 
<laughs> so I mean, like, you know, he eventually he would have to kind of resort to some sort of dangerous physical act to get some sort of pleasure. Um, He's, he has uh, transcended uh, the conventions of tonality and rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, what? Um, I think I think he really like he'd like musicals. Uh, he loves Stephen Sondheim. Um, that was stupid. <laughs> As opposed to the rest of this podcast, I'm gonna. I I I have so much that I'm gonna be asking to be cut out of my. I've just been talking on my ass all day. I'm leaving it all in. Apart apart from every other week where I'm where I'm always spouting insightful comment. Is your brain just <laughs> fried from having a one of the world's weirdest double features beforehand? I literally did have a double feature. I watched Top Funny this morning, and then I called Zoe and Jack and ate kebabs, and then I watched Kanjasaurus Rex, and then instantly came to record. So yes, that was the weirdest double feature of my entire life. Fucking Triple feature hell. if you count Carol last night. <laughs> uh, I I mean uh, I I don't know. Uh, he he listens to a. Uh, Neutral Milk Hotel and acts like uh, he's the first person to discover them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's definitely that guy you meet at a party and he's probably drinking like a epoxy craft beer. He's telling you about like the, the hoppy undertones of it or some shit. And he's like, You ever hear of Jeff Magum and Neutral Milk I've Hotel? I've never met. So I've never met. I hear. I see these like memes all the time, but I've never actually met someone like this. I'd really love to meet someone. Oh, no. You would. No, you don't want to. No, it's bad. Like, it's terrible. I'd it like. Is... To, I'd like. I'd like to think of being as being really active on 2012 to 2014 indie Tumblr. So, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Arctic Monkeys, uh, Vampire Weekend, The XX. 1975, uh, Tame Impala, Sky <laughs> Grimes. I like to think uh, that, and I think I think in his spare time he wears black turtlenecks and uh, white socks. But only okay. in his spare time. But, but what are your time. thoughts on him listening to Dolly Parton while taking a bubble bath? I think that's also pretty plausible. <laughs> a nightmarish image. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely listens to, what's that, a Joe Bean? Joe Bean. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bean, Mr. Bean, <laughs> don't it's take just, my man away. <laughs> it's just like in uh, in the hospital scene in B ninety seven, where one of the surgeons goes, "Hey, Mr. Bean." <laughs> <laughs> oh God! God. Um, Should we do the Patreon shoutouts? Yeah, sure. I'll, uh, hold on. Our first Patreon is. Adam Redmond. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. 
Hold on. Mrs. H, Jack Kavanagh, and Andy Kinsella. Fuck. Hold on. If you, uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash freebeansaladpod. That is the word free. You can donate as little as $1 per month and more if you want. If you want to be shouted out in this section, it is $5 or more per month. Adam Red Main. <laughs> Alright, next one. <laughs> we did that one. That was fucking awful. Rob, just have it prepared. Mrs. H. Unless you fellows have anything else to contribute, I'm going to say farewell. I think Rob has a few more things. Andy Kane, sell it. Did I miss one? I miss Jack Kavanagh, Jack I think. Jack Kavanagh! Okay, sorry, sorry, Jack Kavanagh. Can we just do this normally from now on? <laughs> Jock Q W A V N H G H. Goodbye. Bow wow. It's a peaceful symbol, man. Hitler didn't mean no harm. At what? <laughs> okay, I'm cutting that out. <laughs>